All right, welcome back to another episode of Metro Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. I'm Coach David here with Coach Mo. How are you, Coach? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, um, so we got some some questions, and you know, not to waste any time because there are quite a few of them. Um, this is a good one. It's a common one. What age is what age is too old? I'm too old to do jujitsu. That's that's young guy stuff. What age is what is that age to do? Be too old, and then conversely, too young. What age is too young? Uh, that's a good question. I would, uh, I would actually, I would the school that you're choosing would better answer what age is too young or too old. The uh, the expectations of the instructors or what kind of like uh, curriculum they're running is going to is going to really tell you how old is too young. Now, I personally believe being inside of a gym is a big accomplishment for children, and uh, I understand that uh, programming children on uh, just in, in our in overall character development physical development starts at such an early age and uh, so we start them at Metro Jiu Jitsu at five years old mm-hmm. we've actually taken one uh, one little girl named Mia that started at uh, she's a soft five she literally just turned five mm-hmm. and um, uh, and she's actually much more mature than some of our like six and seven year olds yeah but <laughs> I would agree but um, but you know what for uh, uh, for children starting as early, if a uh, like you have to uh, understand that the uh, maturity level of different uh, kids at even the same ages is going to be different. And I personally believe if a kid is actually inside of a gym, and even you know running around and not necessarily taking a few minutes here to watch the instructor, a few minutes to do the technique, a few minutes to contribute back to the class as a group, I think that's okay because ultimately they are still getting uh they're still getting familiar with being in an outside setting outside of their home mm-hmm. um and they're still could be getting uh learning how to uh uh c- communicate contribute uh and participate in a group setting which you know is the first step to actually doing any organized sport yeah you know you take baseball football or whatever <clears throat> even at like seven eight nine years old some kids are actually they're not uh, emotionally ready to do that. So I personally believe leave them on the field, leave them on the mat. As long as they're comfortable, they're not uh, really causing a distraction. It's a good. Uh, it's good for them to be around because they kind of have to feel their way around the instructor, around the school, and they're watching more than we think they're watching. Mm-hmm. So when we have their uh, trust, yeah, they start to participate a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, and as far as how old, so me being uh, uh, 44 years old, I think the same example could actually be given to, for a 45, 50, 55, and 60 years old. You know, really, it's, uh, it's about uh, martial arts at that age. It's just about um, doing something that, um, doing something different, you know? I, I think that... Uh, you know, how many times have you spoke to somebody who's much older than you, much more experienced than you, and it said, oh, my gosh, I have so much to learn. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I just learned this big lesson, you know? Yeah. And um, 
So I, I think that at later stages in life, it's not as much about the uh, uh, physical. It's about um, just, um, you know, doing something that can give you more, uh, not just physical, but emotional and mental longevity. Yeah. So, and strengthening up the mind as well as the body. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a common misconception a lot with uh, with people. You know, they um, the, either a they don't know anything about jujitsu, yeah, or b it's synonymous with the UFC. Yeah, and, and so they're yeah. here. Oh, I'm not I'm not a cage fighter, bro. So, you know, so I, yeah. I was asked that today. I was like, so have you ever? <laughs> I no, I I always joke. You know, I'm too pretty to fight in the cage. Uh, you know, the, this is this is the money maker, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, and so they 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 associate it with like uh, just cage fighters, UFC, yeah, and uh, and they don't realize like uh, you know that it's it's like a, it's like a it's like an automobile. Yeah, you control the gas pedal. You can go as if you can go as fast or as slow as you want. You can be in the left lane in the autobahn and you can do that, or you can do a Sunday drive. You know, like and that's really up to you. You know, it's interesting you say that. We had a member sign up uh, a couple uh, months ago, and he actually came in one time. Really, really nice guy. He was actually in pretty good shape. He was in his late 40s. Uh-huh. He was almost 50 years old. And he said, you know, I was thinking about this for a while. I explained to him some of the uh, some of our programs and how we run our classes. And uh, he came to one class. Uh-huh. And because at 49 years old, being in pretty good shape mm-hmm. and really taking care of his body over the years, he felt good enough that day to say, oh, I'm going to test myself. Yeah. And he really, you know, I think he exerted a little bit more energy than he probably should have. Sure. And, um, yeah, I have no idea what that feels like. <laughs> right. So, so what happened was, you know, this, this uh, really nice guy, he didn't show up for a whole other month. Actually, a month and a half. And then yeah. he came in the other day and said, hey, I just, you know, I wanted to, uh, I just wanted to let you know I'm going to cancel my membership. And um, and I said, uh, you know, so I said, you know, great. It's not a problem. Uh, uh, just, you know, what happened? And he reminded me he had only been to one class. And that one class that he came to, he was sore for two weeks afterwards. Jeez. Yeah. So, you know, ultimately, I think uh, something like that is the owner's responsibility and the instructor's responsibility is to really uh, remind and control how much physical output somebody gives yeah. as they're just starting their uh, martial arts journey. Oh, yeah. But, I, you know, but, but we agreed that it's going to be best for him to finish out this month and maybe take a different approach and just getting a little bit more exposure to uh, how the... Uh, how the moves work versus mm-hmm. sparring. Yeah, yeah. Be- because learning the moves and sparring are two completely different. Uh, completely. Yeah, it's yeah. it's different. So sparring, you're not learning anything. You're just it's like fight or flight. You're learning what your body knows in the times of stress and trauma. And for somebody new, they really they really don't know anything. So they're going to their natural movements, which are completely against uh, their own natural movements. Yeah. For somebody who knows jujitsu, so. Uh, yeah, that's that's a great point. Uh, well, which leads me to my next question: um, What type of shape do you need to be in to start jujitsu? Should you wait, uh, you know, wait till you're benching 300 and got six percent body fat to, to get in here? Well, there's actually a shirt that we're that we <laughs> want to make, and it's and it says. <laughs> Attention, all bodybuilders! Weights don't hit back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, bro! Weights don't hit back. But, but no, actually, um, uh, 
you don't have to be in good shape and I actually prefer the the worse shape that somebody is in the more room that they have to grow and the more improvements they could see yeah in the shorter amount in the, in the least amount of time so you uh, you know uh, stretching is a really big thing for me mm-hmm. personally I uh, stretching and yoga uh, so you don't have to be in good shape you just have to want to try something different yeah. this ultimately is just using your body to do something different than you've ever done before so uh, uh, no and I actually, I'm actually against uh, weightlifting when you are training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh, I'd say three times a week. Mm-hmm. If you're training three times a week, I actually advise against more than lifting maybe one, one and a half times a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that's, uh, I, I hear that, that example a lot. And again, it goes to that stigma of they hear, you, you know, they, they hear Jiu-Jitsu. If they know what it is, they think UFC and uh, and it's like to me, it's so backwards. It's like you'll never hear anybody. You won't hear one person say, "I'm gonna wait till I'm in better shape to start working out." Yeah. No, they they start working out to get in better shape. And you know, I I think a lot of people are afraid of that like that physical challenge, challenge being challenged or challenging somebody else physically. It's yeah. almost like people want to prepare themselves for that. Oh, I agree. Quote unquote fight. Yeah. No. A- absolutely. Um, yeah, that's a great point, and um, yeah, that's a great point. It's a lot. It's a lot more mental preparation than, than physical. I mean, it is physical, but but it goes back to that gas pedal, that throttle it, that you control. And and you know what? Uh, that throttle is basically learning how to be relaxed. Yeah. Be, you know, if you get in a car accident uh, when you don't expect it, your body uh, and that happens. Usually, we tensen up and we tighten up. And that stiffness all over the body really creates pressure and tension. And it's like freezing your body into an ice, ice block. And if it runs into anything, it's going to crack. Yeah. So learning how to uh, really relax the body is, is, uh, is, is the first step in what I believe we should, all, uh, we should all do when doing any kind of sports uh, for that matter. The um, so we offer uh, you know we guarantee to bullyproof kids in six months. Um, some might say that's uh, it's just a sales pitch. It's not possible. Uh, you and I know it's very not only possible but uh, routine. Yeah. Uh, so so how can we do that, or how how can we do that through jujitsu? So I know that question came in. Can you? clarify that for our listeners yeah i mean so it sounds unrealistic too good to be true johnny's been johnny's been bullied for for four years five years like uh honestly not i'm almost verbatim they just stay in the bathroom they don't even want to go out in social settings uh, because they're so so introverted and uh and um you know i guess victimized yeah how are you going to turn that around in six months Good question. We're going to, uh, well, look, I'll explain it this way. Let's go back maybe <laughs> 1,000, 1,500, I don't know, 2,000 years ago. I don't even know what type of uh, uh, structures were around back then, but um, <clears throat> when a man had to, man or woman wanted to eat, they had to go out and 
learn to hunt. They had to go out and hunt for their food, yeah. right? So, you know, they would get up, they would go out, put their bow and arrow on, or whatever it is they're using, and they would go out in the woods, they would stalk their prey, and uh, look for whatever animal that they're hunting. It would be a hunt, they would uh, identify their prey, stalk it, bam, they'd kill their prey. They'd bring it back to their village or wherever they're going, and at that time they would uh, prepare and eat it and enjoy the fruits of their really hard work. Mm -hmm. So um, imagine, imagine 1,500 years ago or 2,000 years, years ago that we're living where a man or a woman goes out to hunt. And, I'm, and uh, so they stalk their prey and they're walking through the forest or jungle or whatever it is and they find a deer or they find a little rabbit. And they go to pull their arrow back and it's really quiet and the prey looks up at them and the prey looks up at the hunter and the hunter looks at the prey and the prey just lays down and says okay you caught me so he doesn't even have to pull the trigger he just walks over takes it back to the village or wherever they're going and he enjoys his uh, feast imagine if that's how we lived our life where we did not have to hunt and we did not have to work for uh something work for our food or work for um, money so going back to the bully proof we teach kids how to work towards specific goals and we teach them how to do that through uh, very specific and uh, targeted physical exercises and very very specific targeted um, uh, contribution from one community member to another we also teach them that as other kids are quote-unquote hunting uh, on the mat, learning how to work physical movements on the mat, that um, uh, how to support another kid. We teach them how to support the fact that this hunt, this physical challenge, this physical fitness program curriculum that we put in place is not an easy one. And we teach them what to expect along the way. We teach them that this physical fitness uh, journey is a very, very challenging one. And we teach them how to be very, very comfortable when they're uncomfortable. And more importantly, I believe we teach them how to be, uh, how to uh, expect and uh, embrace doing something that's very, very hard, very challenging, like walking up a mountain. And that's, um, yeah, and just to kind of piggyback off that with one, with one comment is because that's that's where they're going. You know, they're six years old, and, you know, that's that's why, you know, no one wants a 26-year-old. They, they can kind of accept that mentality, that mindset from a six-year-old. Mm -hmm. It's childish. Mm -hmm. it's, unacceptable. <laughs> it's unacceptable when they're 26. So, so right. translating that to... Look, this is what you have to be prepared for. And, and you know what? It's, it's, it's really, you're right. And it's, it's really, I mean, to simplify that answer, it's teaching kids how to work hard at an early age. Yeah. And it's teaching kids how to work hard in a group and understand uh, what working hard looks like uh, and what outworking somebody looks like. Yeah. You know, so it's, uh, that's, I, I, that's probably a little bit of a... Maybe it's an aggressive approach or answer, but in my mind, we have to teach uh, young girls and boys how to be hunters. We have to teach them what it's like to 
stalk your prey mm-hmm. uh, or really stalk your goals because uh, that hunt for an animal or for food is really about a hunt for something that you want. Mm-hmm. And usually getting something that's worthwhile, something that you want, uh, is, is not an easy. No, so, of course. Yeah. It's not an easy... Uh, the, um, here's a good, this, is a good, this is a good question for you. Um, so you're... Uh, I mean, obviously, you're very athletic. You've uh, when, what was the earliest you started doing sports? Like any any type of organized sport. Uh, my earliest two memories are, oh gosh, I was single digits. Okay, okay. definitely All under right. ten. So, okay, yeah. you and I wouldn't have got along if we if we were in contemporaries. But uh, but so you're an athlete. You've uh, tons of sports: yeah. uh, basketball, football. Not not only jujitsu, but you've also. Um, uh, have a career in other martial arts, Taekwondo, yep. things like that. Yeah. Uh, question came in. Well, jujitsu. How is jujitsu different? You know the benefits that jujitsu offers, team building, things like that. All of this disciplines respect. Isn't it? It's just another team sport. It's just you know some people find it in football and soccer. You guys teach jujitsu. It's the same thing, right? Um. Wrong. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. So, you know, I believe one of the biggest problems, and I had this today with uh, with one of my children in a uh, in a soccer game, is uh, team sports are about winning. Yeah. Okay. You're gonna hear again and again and again about uh, development, character development developing the player make sure they're getting better by default i think that's going to happen but and i've coached for many many years yeah i've been a coach i've coached at different platforms i've coached children middle-aged kids and adults and uh it's really really sad because a football team a basketball team a uh a hockey team which i've been on they have to you know they practice and the practices are usually like maybe an hour if it's a little bit more there's a warm-up there's drop-offs there's pickups so excuse me the the hour that the time that is spent preparing kids for any of these sports is not enough to really develop the kids it's really really not Mm -hmm. so what happens is in all of these sports the coaches have to take the best kids are the ones that are more developed at the time in the game and try to win the game. Mm. So that uh, that parallel between martial arts is completely opposite. We focus on mm. one single thing, and that's developing each and every single student. On a basketball court, we all know one or two kids really stick out. Yeah. So in the game, what we have to do is do our best to get the ball to them, to work the game around them, not substitute them in, mm, not substitute mm. them out. <laughs> and, yeah. and with our uh, at Metro Jiu-Jitsu, and I believe in martial arts in general, it's not like that. You, I mean, you can't focus on one person you if can. you do. No. If, no. You, if you do, you're creating what we call is like an Elvis, Elvis syndrome. Yeah. So, when, when, you know, everything revolves around Elvis. And, and actually, and that, uh, that is a... Uh, uh, revolving around Elvis is uh, it's like a little saying that I made up where 
if you focus on one person instead of one community, when that student or player is there, there's lights, it's bright, it's loud, there's activity. And, well, I've cut the concerts on. Oh, the concerts on. You know, Elvis is in the building. It's like, oh, look, all the, all the, the lights and shining is on, is on that one student. So, but when that student leaves the building or that team, guess what? It goes quiet. Yeah. So. And, and how many times have we seen that? You know, it's uh, it's a huge thing. You get these, uh, I mean, people, things change. You know, people, um, not only kids kids move, adults move, life happens. And then for one thing or another, uh, that that all of that that star athlete, that all of the coach's effort and time, and, and the others can see it too. Yeah. So now you've got a, a culture of partiality. Uh, and favoritism that that all the others can see and they're like okay well clearly that's what they're focused on i'm just kind of here to you know paying you know watching the show yeah uh yeah that's um yeah that's, and you, that's and, you hit the nail on the head there and you know what like i said uh all parents see it and the truth of the the fact is is that when uh when they have that that player or two that are really good you know the parents want the team to win so they're complaining if they don't winning, mm. they're not winning, yeah. and they're also complaining if their parents are not, uh, if the coaches are not including their kids inside mm. the game. And every single listener out there who has had their children play any organized sports outside of martial arts uh, know that. So, you know, I think the big difference is we focus on development. Yeah. So, so you take a football team, I'll just explain it real quick, or a basketball team, imagine if win or lose, you know, we know what we're working on during the practices. And even then, they're going to focus more on the Elvis kid or two. But imagine during the practices, if we just focused on fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. Imagine if that translated to the game. When the kids had a game, they did the exact same thing. And they were playing basketball. And every time the ball went up or a touchdown was scored, there was literally no scoreboard. <laughs> imagine, like, think about that. There's yeah. no scoreboard and there was just a running clock. So yeah. it doesn't matter who scored. It only mattered that they're looking for specific fundamentals throughout the games. Yeah. And uh, uh, how do you think that would change sports? It would completely, completely transform the development of children. And basically that, that uh, factor right there, that example right there, is what we do. It's focusing on the fundamentals and focusing on building the students, not focusing on winning. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Coach. Well, uh, you know that's uh, that's all the questions I've got for you on this this episode. Is there anything that you want to add, and maybe uh, something that's been on your mind that uh, you want to add to these to piggyback off of, or just throw in before we close up? No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for all the uh, uh, feedback. Um, I don't know how much is showing out there, but we've really gotten. Uh, uh, you know, this is just a second podcast. We're really excited to keep it going, but we've gotten a bunch of. Uh, uh, support already, already. So I appreciate it. And thanks again for having me. Yes, sir.